Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym. And what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to have in-depth conversations about sex and sexuality. And I have a lovely guest joining me via um, the interwebs, of course. It's still COVID times and the times that are COVID are shit. So... <laughs> Why I'm excited is because this lovely person has just been welcomed into the Sonar Podcasting Network. So this is very much um, like this, like, you know, when like uh, young rich women are, they have like their like debut. (laughs) (laughs) Like a debutante? (laughs) Yes, exactly that. And they have like a coming out, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like a coming out as like, oh, they're like available for... (laughs) for i don't know courting for well, courting we'll talk about coming out in a different way uh but everybody <laughs> please welcome to the podcast been just welcomed into the sonar network with their one more round podcast please welcome super hilarious comedian trisha black hi erin uh, i'm so excited to have you here i'm so happy to be here thank you for having me it was nice i feel like this is the second time because you were just on the podcast recently too so it's like uh-huh. i feel like we've just got to chat so much which is nice totally it has been great yeah because we did that and then i listened to the whole thing after just to we like did just to recall and i was like oh that was a lovely chat it was really great yeah. so yeah thanks for thanks for having me on one more round as well oh always it's so nice so nice to like be able to just it's kind of why I started the podcast was just to be able to like sit down and have a drink and chat with somebody that like either I'm like really good friends with or people that I don't know very well that I can get to know better and yeah so it's been really nice yeah yeah I definitely like (laughs) use the podcast as like it's like social time it feels like social time to me very much (laughs) <laughs> and it's necessary i need it so yeah. that's yeah i, I that's, that's my business strategy that's my marketing strategy <laughs> i yeah. just want to talk to somebody for an hour because i'm somebody lonely. please <laughs> somebody talk to me <laughs> it's just an hour a week that's all <laughs> <laughs> that's all the social time i get an hour a week that's it <laughs> yep that's it man so okay trisha Tell the folks, what's your podcast about? My podcast is called One More Round with Trisha Black. And it's uh, it's kind of like I like to call it an East Coast kitchen party. So I'm from the East Coast. uh, And I guess not a lot of people know what an East Coast kitchen party is, uh, but it's basically a kitchen in or a party in your kitchen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) which happens a lot on the East Coast. Everyone gets out instruments and you're playing and you're drinking, but you usually end up in the kitchen. So it's just a big 
party time and it's uh, a podcast where I sit down with a variety of guests, you know, from entertainment to uh, to hopefully eventually I would love to get some like cool politicians like Jill Andrews on um, and like in the, uh, lots of podcasting hosts as well have been on um, and we just sit down and we chat and it's kind of like half interview, half conversation. And I've been told that it feels when you're listening to it, that it feels like you're just sitting around listening to two friends talk, which I enjoy. And that's the vibe that I wanted. And there's some music involved as well. So yeah, because <laughs> you're, fun. you're a, a quite the accomplished musician as well. <laughs> I, I try to be, I'm not like super like accomplished, very self, very self-taught. Um, but you know, I do my best. <laughs> and like a voice. You have a voice on you. Let's, well, thank you. I can't not mention like anytime I see like a clip of you singing or something on Instagram, I'm just like, oh, damn, I forgot that you could like really fucking sing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's I mean, one of like a gift that I was that just happened upon me one day <laughs> that I was like, oh, I can sing. I was told for so long that I couldn't that I think I just was so determined to actually like be very good so i just sang all of the time <laughs> yeah what asshole told you you couldn't sing come on i got kicked out of choir in grade nine <gasps> i was no. the only one yeah i was the only one to get he, he didn't like me mr bellier for some weird reason it was the only time they'd ever kick somebody out of the like <laughs> school choir and he had me and two other girls re-audition in january or at the end of the holidays or january or something and then i was the only one that he was like you're not coming you're not allowed to come back basically oh <laughs> it devastated God. me devastated me forever like i still think that it affects me in some way <laughs> isn't that terrible i swear when you're like a young adult like you know mm -hmm. you're you're just like a sponge right so yeah all of that shit really fucking sticks with you. Like for me oh, specifically, yeah. stuff that happened in grade nine, I know affected me throughout like way into my adulthood. Like for oh, sure. Yeah. I was majorly bullied like a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, in every grade, but specifically yeah. grade nine was like the year that everybody mm -hmm. was calling me a slut. Oh, and that God. was just like, so that like, yeah, that really just like, Honestly, well, that's the time too. Like, I feel like grade nine is like that time. I don't know for you, for me, we were the first. So like grade nine, I was the first grade six to go into junior high, basically. Okay. So grade nine for me was high school. Was that high school for you or was it still like... Grade nine was middle? high school for me. Yeah. The yeah. first year of high school. That's what I figured. Yeah. And I feel like high, first year of high school, everybody changes. Yeah. <laughs> People become more mean and like, like socials like bubbles switch yeah so many people happens. think they're cool like they think they're cock of the walks they're yeah. in high school now so i don't yeah. know that makes me people mean maybe mm -hmm. grade nine was the worst I, I i had two friends by and they both moved at christmas they Ooh. both moved away i got kicked out of choir the same <laughs> the same <laughs> I can't believe that i cannot believe that I know. by the way the same the same like musical teacher though also was like i was si sitting waiting to go in for an audition for the high school musical like being so brave and because i was so scared so scarred and he scarred so and scared scarred, <laughs> scarred and scared and he was like you know they don't take grade nines and oh walked god. away oh my god I was like, devil what what's your beef with me sir seriously what did why did he have it out for you so hard 
I think it's because secretly he knew I was gay and he was also secretly gay. <gasps> and I think there was something going on. Scandal. I don't know. That's what I think. I think he was like, he saw something in me that of, of himself that he didn't like. <laughs> totally projecting. Mm-hmm. Oh, how horrible for you. Like that has nothing, that had nothing to do with you. No, nothing at all. But I'm then sure the next you were just a sweet baby angel. I was. I was just yeah. cute. I, I honestly, I'll be honest. I was so nervous to sing in choir that I barely sang anyway. So yeah. there's no way he could have, he could tell that I was singing off key. <laughs> like <laughs> you're like I was lip syncing. Like, I, I yeah. I was like, how did you pick the? Th- how did you pick three of us out of like a forty kid choir to like say you're like you're singing? You're the one singing off key. <laughs> Oh my god. So wild. That's so funny. You know what? I've pu- I've kind of pulled that that um thing where you're trying to <laughs> hide the fact that you don't know a harmony or something mm-hmm. uh when you're in like a group singing setting. Like I remember in high school we were learning something and like it just takes me a while to pick up a harmony. Like my process mm-hmm. is I have to record it and then I have to take it home and just hammer it out and memorize yep. it because some harmonies just don't quite I, like they're not they don't feel like mm-hmm. intuitive to me right so mm-hmm. okay I for sure knew my harmony just by myself but I just couldn't fit it in with the other people and so I would just go the octave down because it was kind of like an alto-ish harmony right and I just right. couldn't find it so we did we sang the thing and I couldn't find it so I just sang the octave down from like mm-hmm. whomever the sopranos or whatever um <laughs> and then and then the choir director looks at me and he's like what are you singing right now and he's like sing by yourself and then he plays the accompaniment but I knew it singing it by myself right so I like blasted it out so confidently and flawlessly when he was like sing it sing it by yourself because I think you're singing it wrong and then I suddenly came out with like the harmony that I knew (laughs) I just didn't know with the other harmonies (laughs) so I I totally fucked with him he was like huh I swore I heard you singing the octave down and I was like yeah "Mm, nope not me I don't know not me Oh my god! Insane. Nope, wasn't me. Uh, oh my god! But um, I think this is like a good place to launch off into. Mm-hmm. Like, can you tell me how like you came out and what was what was your whole story yeah. surrounding that? Um. So like, I didn't come out till I was twenty six. Okay. Uh, so I, it was a late. It was a late coming out party. Um. But uh, I feel like for me. The older I get now and the more comfortable I kind of have become with myself and who I am and how I, you know, identify and how I, like, feel like I dress now and my my hair, everything. I feel like I learned that I was like, oh, I for sure probably knew this is, I was queer when I was, like, 10. Yeah, you think? Why why do you think that? I think so. I just, I feel like when I was young, I always knew that there was something different. Mm Mm-hmm. That I was like, when I'd be watching like TV or something, I'd always have a crush on the girl or, you know, I'd have, I'd have these like intense, like friendship feelings for someone and not really realize what it was. And that was an adult to go, oh, I for sure had a crush on that person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's for sure what it was. But when you're young, obviously you don't know and you're going through the motions and through the stages of being like, well, what do I want? And like, who am I? And you're also dealing with 
puberty and everything that teenagers and young kids deal with. But yeah, I feel like there was that. And then I went to university and like I had never had like a boyfriend. I had never anything throughout high school like or university like until like the end of university okay and like it was i had come back like i had moved to chicago for a year and like i was graduating and i moved back to sackville and i was doing a summer theater thing and i had like kind of you know had this thing with a girl who was like younger than me but it was very confusing and it was like that idea where i was starting to kind of finally be like oh i think it's that i like have feelings for this person right and like she was younger so it was like i don't know i don't she didn't know either and i didn't know and now looking back i'm like oh i because i was i felt like because i was coming out so late too i felt like sexually and like emotionally in that realm of uh like relationship or love i felt very young yeah, right. Like I still felt super young even though my my like technical age wasn't that, but in terms of in terms of like relationship things, I felt yeah. like quite young. Um so I probably would have worked like, out. Hey. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah you probably would have <laughs> been on the same page kind of as far as your like experience and like exactly. emotional relationship maturity goes. Probably would have yeah. been fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly kind of what that's exactly what it kind of felt like but it was very confusing and neither of us knew and I think we were both very scared and we were friends but also like it was like it was very it was very like I don't want to say strange but it was just like a bad experience not a great experience and I don't think for either of us and then so at the time I guess my coming out is like one of my favorite stories to tell because I think it it's very funny to me um love it so like my friends had kind of been no like known for like a bit like i obviously went to them first to like talk and i had a conversation not too long ago with uh who was on the podcast matt kai burmaster and he made a really good point of like it's like you're coming out isn't just coming out to one person it's like you're constantly coming out as you like every day it's like you have to come out to a different person so it's like but this is like the moment for me and it's with my mom. And uh, (laughs) so this girl, Becca had been staying at my house and my parents had just bought me a new bed. And my mom was like, Oh, so when Becca stays over, where does she sleep? And I was like, Oh, with me. Like, I don't want to make her sleep on her crappy couch. She goes, Oh, in the bed. And I was like, yeah, in the bed. And she goes, "Hmm, do you like the bed? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, does Becca like the bed? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she goes, (laughs) <laughs> are you two lesbians <laughs> now and the best part about that was that we were in the middle of sears so it was like a public setting like not even oh, like my God, i had a what? full panic attack and just said oh i'm just fighting with a friend i need to go i need to i need a break and then i said no because i full panicked i was like i'm not yeah. ready for this right now you're in sears and then i'm in sears <laughs> I'm in Sears. We're looking at glasses. I don't want to talk about my sexuality in Sears. Read the room, Mom. Uh, yeah. Read the room, Barb. Uh, my mom's lovely. I love her very much. But uh, she then, so then, um, I think like a few, like maybe a month later, I was moving to Toronto. So we were once again at the mall mm-hmm. and we were looking for, I forget what I was looking for. I don't know if it was like a swim I don't know what I was looking for but we were in sport check and my mom I was like looking at stuff and she goes hmm you like to dress like Ellen oh my god (laughs) that was like oh god (laughs) 
And she goes, and I was like, I don't know, like, what is Ellen dress like? And then she's like, oh, then she goes, are you a lesbian? And then I had to like, be like, yeah, well, let's talk about this at home. I can't do this right now. Sport check. I think your mom just wants to, I think the mall brings something out of your mom. It sounds well, like. Well, <laughs> it's because like, and bless my mom. And to this day, she's always like, she was shocked when I came out, but only because throughout my entire life, she's probably asked me a dozen a or more times, are you a lesbian? <laughs> like just trying, I think she was trying so hard uh, to be supportive. And so mm. when I did come out, she even said this to me recently, she was like, I was shocked. She was like, I believed you. She was like, I believed you. You weren't. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I broke my mom's trust. <laughs> That's adorable. So yeah, you're right, though. Like, in her her way, in her own little way, she was, like, trying to coax you out, you know? Like, I think so, yeah. Yeah. There's an idea that, like, parents just know, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think she knew, but I think she was, like... But, like, when you're young, you're like, I don't I don't know. I literally, legit don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm figuring it all out. Totally. And, like, the very specific question, like, are you a lesbian? It's just yeah. very funny to me. I don't know. Something about... Oh, it's like, so oh, funny. So you like your bed? Oh, she likes the bed? Mm, are you lesbians? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> just like, such a funny... Oh, oh yeah. What a, like, just a roundabout way of asking the question. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you so you like to dress... Dress like Ellen is. So you like to dress. So you like to dress like Ellen. Like a little. Sporty, Are you a lesbian? But <laughs> yeah. Like, like a I was looking at like board shorts or something. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Ellen wear board shorts. <laughs> it was your mom's only reference point, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. It was like there wasn't, especially because this would have been, I guess, two thousand and eleven or twelve when I came out. Okay. Um, and yeah, like I don't think she had seen very many lesbians in her life my mom like used to watch the ellen degeneres show like her like the ellen show yeah and when the puppy episode happened and all of that drama happened with ellen and and everybody was against her and my mom loved the show and she was like i stopped watching it and she goes not because she came out but she was like the show got so serious so fast like it it she was like it did it wasn't funny anymore like she was and i was like but i was like ellen i guess needed that to to kind of stand up for herself. Mom was like, yeah, but she was like, the jokes were gone. Like it like lost its, it's almost like it, it changed which is genre. terrible to say, but it changed the genre because she was getting so much heat from the world in general. And it's crazy. Cause I even, um, I guess on dancing with the, St- Anne Heche is on dancing with the stars right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and Heche just talked on that about how, when she was dating Ellen, uh, she wanted to bring her to the, um, I think it was the Volcano premiere. Okay. A great film with Tommy Lee Jones. And there's a volcano in Los Angeles. It's excellent. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Anne Heche wanted to bring Ellen. And I guess the like producers were like, no, absolutely not. Like, right. you can't be seen dating a woman. Right. And then she did it anyway. She was like, no, you're coming with me I don't care and brought her and they dated for like almost four years and she said after she did that she was ushered out of the like after party ushered out and like basically thrown out of the after party and uh she didn't work in film for 10 years after that that's crazy and isn't that crazy pretty recent like that's not that long ago it would have been like I think 98 I want to say 1998 somewhere in there yeah 
Uh, which people is, who are like not in queer communities or don't have access to like actual queer f- people like they mm-hmm. just move so slowly yeah so slowly well, well it's because they don't have anyone to like i guess i always say that people need to kind of have someone in their life in order to empathize with something a lot of times not yeah. everyone but a lot of times it's kind of like it certainly helps it certainly helps and especially like i don't know like i'm from new brunswick where everyone i know came out when they moved to toronto because it just wasn't heard of (laughs) you know like yeah so like you don't have like in new brunswick there's not like a queer community not really or there wasn't i think there is now like when i was in i guess i get like there was like but not really like i think it was very for me anyway i didn't know of anything i only knew of this one bar in moncton new brunswick called triangles okay (laughs) love like pink triangle yeah great yeah and it was like it was you went downstairs and it was in like the basement of this building right and that was the only one that i knew of and i didn't really hear a lot of people talk about it like we knew people were probably queer but it wasn't something that like you kind of spoke about a lot i guess yeah uh so yeah but i think it's changing i think what's really nice is a younger generation is so much more open to everything and being more um able to like speak about things so i think it's becoming a lot more um i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but just uh, normalized i guess yeah for sure Uh, so i yeah or at least i hope it is (laughs) yeah no i i I agree with you because i mean young people so young people have access to see all sorts of queer people like you Mm -hmm. know on their phones so like they they can follow queer TikTokers. They can fall, you know, yeah. like on and on, right? So yep. you're exposed to it, and you're exposed to like the vocabulary mm-hmm. and everything at a young age. Yep. So you you know, then you kind of have the words for it if you're somebody yep. who's kind of like you know confused and trying to figure things out and stuff like that you have some Mm. examples to be like oh okay not only is it like i'm not alone and this is okay because this person's Mm -hmm. really cool and doing this cool thing and they're queer and um you know it's just more information so that you can pick and choose what resonates with you Mm -hmm. so that's like that's a unbelievable difference from you know people however many years ago even from when when you were a young person like did you have access to like queer people in any way like say throughout high school I mean the only the only thing that I know of like I mean I think there were people who were queer in like when we did theater and stuff but no one like I said most people didn't fully come out until like they moved to Toronto but uh but there was like I played softball which is like cliche but uh (laughs) but i played for like you know i played for 16 years i was very good Uh, okay and um i remember when i was like in middle school there were a couple things so there was a couple girls who were on my provincial teams uh one her name was digger donna but we all called her digger uh she was like an out proud like lesbian and she had like I'm pretty sure lesbian friends, but they were also all in like, this is going to sound funny, but we we lived in like Quispam Sis. So Quispam Sis is like, um, 
what like residential like at least then it was a, it's a bit bigger now and they were from saint john which was like the city yeah so like the, the city. city was yeah. the big city of saint john new brunswick but it was like more <laughs> i think people were a bit more um i don't know colorful there uh, right. <laughs> and she was very out and very proud but nobody really like spoke about it like it wasn't like it was like diggers you know and then there was another girl on the team who also was like very much out. Um, so I had those were kind of around, but because it was so like people were so silent about it and it wasn't really like spoken. I think for me, I was like, people don't talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Right. This is like, something we don't talk about. We just, don't. yeah. Yeah. And one year I was a back girl when I was like for a, they had like the national softball women's softball, um, championships were in St. John, New Brunswick. So everyone on our team, a bunch of us got to sign up and we were like Batgirls for teams. And I was with Team Winnipeg. And I'm almost positive like half of the women on that were gay. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Right. And they like took me out. I had such a great time. Like I felt like I fully fit in. And I was like, this is what I want to do for my life. Play softball and go to pubs. and. Ha I mean, that sounds pretty great. I know, right? Like, it sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah, I agree. When I was young, like, I was into theater as well, right? So mm -hmm. lots of gay men, obviously, in, in theater. So, but I don't know, you know, if I think back, I don't think I really had a lot of access to, like, queer women. Mm -hmm. Really, when I think about it. Yeah, like. Yeah. I knew Katie Lang. Yeah, I know. Not, yeah, right? not personal, Not personally, but. <laughs> God, I wish. Katie Lang, if you're out there, please, I want to meet you. Yeah, come on one more round. <laughs> please. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisoplounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, okay, so that's that's kind of an interesting story you have then, where, so... Hmm. You just like didn't date at all throughout no. your like young adulthood. What was kind of happening for you, like on the inside? What what was your? How did you feel about that? About seeing I mean, seeing everybody else date and stuff like that, and have a boyfriend, and and you weren't. Like I definitely always wanted that, but I think deep down I wanted it to be with a a woman. Yeah. Or like a girl. And I think I think watching people date, like I would often like go home and like write um like like uh like what like, what am I trying to say? But like little theater pieces of like romantic things and like Aww. but I'd play like the love interest, but like I would always make it like a man because I thought that that's what it'd have to be. Um, so or you'd like write pretend. like a first person man story where like kind of yeah you know, yeah. I feel like I could have written a really good a really good like CW or WB show. <laughs> should have submitted it. <laughs> you should have. You should have kept those yeah. those old diary but, entries. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was very interesting because like I don't think at the time I really thought much about it. No. Um, not really like I would get weirded like kind of weirded out when like guys would want to like pursue me in any way I was like I was like I should do this but then I would be weird about it so I would just like let it go um because it didn't interest me in any way I don't think obviously (laughs) yeah I don't Uh, think you were very interested I don't think I was interested in that (laughs) um yeah it was it was hard I think too and like university I wish I I like sometimes I mean you can always say I wish I did this like I do of wish course. I had come out a bit earlier in university because I think it would have been helpful but at the same time it was that same it, there was that like shame and that idea of like but it's wrong even though there wasn't anything really that I can pinpoint in my brain that told me it was wrong like I don't like unless it was just like little things here and there that I'd pick up that I don't remember there was nothing that like told me that I just I just got it in my brain that it was very wrong but then any time I did so like things would happen in like university and like I mean some like not great things sexually with (laughs) some like men that didn't I didn't want but it like it it made me feel weird like I was like why did I I didn't want to do why did I do that I feel I like I would just feel so disgusting after um yeah so it was like it was hard so then I just kind of was like absolutely not then for a bit like kind of like had this weird like 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 I don't even know how to describe it it was like I had a like I thought I had a crush on this guy but he was also very feminine very sweet man um (laughs) but and then he had a crush on me too but then this other girl liked him so she but she was seeing someone else, but then she ended up going with the guy that I liked. So the other guy and I like fooled around a bit, but then I fooled around. The other. It was like a wild summer. And then I came out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've I arrived. think it was like, 
I think it was like one last kick at the can to be like, is this for it was me just like, or not? Is this for me or not? And Should it was I like, for not. <laughs> uh, and I was like, absolutely not. And this, I have to stop like denying myself what I truly want. And yeah, and I stopped. And then, it, but then it still took me probably like, I've been out since 2012. And I feel like up until maybe three years ago, I finally kind of like, there was something that just like changed in me where I was like, I'm good with who I am. But there's still like some like interesting like weird shame things around sex obviously cuz I think it just lingers and I talked yeah. to my wonderful therapist about it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, yeah. I think we all carry shame stuff surrounding yes. sex cuz just like just like being queer, you know, sex is just something you don't talk about and like just don't the fact that that is what is kind of this like it's kind of what's been decided for you Mm -hmm. like that that gives you messaging that it's wrong that it's bad right if it's just like you don't talk about it that means like you know it's something to keep secret it's something to Mm -hmm. that you don't share with people it's like something that you just have to keep to yourself Mm -hmm. keep inside and yeah all the yeah how you interpret that you know is just yeah. that it's well that's the thing wrong. too right of like the idea of like being like closeted as as you say um when you're not officially like out into the world yeah it, it is that idea of like yeah like you said like keeping things like very secretive it's like i've had this this feeling and this secret since i was 10 right so it's like and then i came out at 26 so it was like 16 years or like you know like 14 to 16 years of me like really like holding that in and only me knowing so it's like very interesting to think about of being like I've had this secret with myself for that long even though I'm sure people knew and like I had had conversations like as I got a bit older like in when I was like 17 18 and then into my like early 20s with like individuals who were also gay like I remember my prom date who I love Mike McDonald um I always knew in my heart of hearts I was like this guy I think is gay and that's why I was like I asked him to prom because he was safe and we're very close and then when I was in university you know he sent me a message being like I'm I'm gay and and he was like, I hope you can still, like, love me. And I was like, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's that thing of, like, you're oh like, my God. oh, yeah. I hope you can still love me. Like, it was oh. something like that. It was just, like, I hope you can understand. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're, like, one of my closest friends. Like, of course. I love you no matter what. <laughs> like, yeah. So it was just because, and I was like, that's such a hard thing for someone to do. And it is hard. To be like, I'm gay. And like, I feel like for me at a point, everyone was like, you're gay. (laughs) (laughs) You are gay. Everyone just yelling at me, you're gay, Trish. (laughs) No, but that's like, that's, that makes sense. Okay. When you're talking about like 16 years, you were essentially like sitting on this. Of -hmm. course, then after you came out, it still took you a few, a few years to really feel in your own skin because you had keeping, you kept it like a secret essentially for like 16 years. So Mm -hmm. it's not like suddenly you're just going to be like, Oh, uh, you know, I'm open and everybody knows and I'm good. Like no way you carry that with you. 
Oh yeah, and like immediately like got into a relationship with somebody and we like I moved here and we moved in together and like we're very good friends today, but it was very much I was like and now I have to find somebody to marry and that is right. how it goes. And it's right. like so no. still still doing that script, you know. That... Still doing that script. There was yeah. a script. There was a script for so long and like that was just a script in my brain. Like, I think we all do it when we're young. We have these like fantasies and like these ideas and we, you know, it's like playing. It's like that, which is why it's so funny that, that I'm an improviser and a comedian where I constantly get to like <laughs> use my imagination and make up shit. Cause I was like, I've been doing it my whole life. Like, yeah, I've just been making it up. And so, yeah. And then, you know, as I went on, had some like not great relationships and a lot of like, a lot of those relationships where it was like, I like you, but I don't know what I want. And uh, I'm like a lot of women who were also new baby queers, baby queers. And like, were like, you know, like just figuring out if they were queer at all or how they felt about dating a woman versus a man and things like that. And Right. I'm very like, was always very like, whatever you need, <laughs> like I'm here for you and like trying so hard to, cause un I understand what that's like. Right. But I feel like I dated a lot of those people. Uh, and so it was hard for like quite a while. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of emotional labor. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, for you that, I mean, that's really lovely that you're like, you know, helping people through their queer journeys and their, mm -hmm. um, you know, identity process and stuff like that. So it's really lovely, but like, yeah, that can definitely be hard for a partner. That's like, okay, well I've been out a long time and I'm just trying to find a partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not like a mentor. I'm not like a, yeah. And know? that's kind of what it felt like. Like there was a time where like I was dating people and like, I felt sometimes like I was the safer version of someone that they had dated before mm. uh, that like kind of was similar to me, but like was a bit more aggressive and like, I'm not an aggressive person. No, you're lovely <laughs> at all. Like jolly when person. it comes to like, I'm yes, I'm very jolly. You are. Uh, but it, it is like, it was one of those things where I always felt like I was like, Oh, I'm the safe. I'm safe. I feel like for people I'm safe. I was safe to like, I don't want to say experiment, but like a little bit. Like, yeah, it, no, like... that that is true. I agree with you because folks that are feeling vulnerable, you know, about their queerness, mm -hmm. of course they would like be drawn to somebody who seems just like so, like this like warm, lovely, jolly lesbian. Like obviously yeah. they're going to be drawn <laughs> to you because they're like, oh, like I won't be judged, you know? And that's mm -hmm. something I'm sure you are very familiar with, feeling like shame surrounding and feeling like, somebody will you know like that 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 yeah. email like i hope you still can love me like that is so loaded yeah and it was so it was like i think it was over msn messenger nice if i'm remembering ICQ? this was I, yeah i think it was messenger it was 2004 i had or i had just gone to university and he had just been he'd been out of high school a few years and it was just like this idea, like, I hope you understand kind of thing. And I remember reading it in my room and I cried. Yeah. Not because he was gay, but because I was like, my friend. Yeah. He's, <laughs> like my sweet friend. Like, he's yeah. having a hard time. He's having such a struggling. hard time and wanting him to know that. And it happened literally right after we had gotten like, it was Frosh Week. So we had just gotten um, like ushered into our dorm 
where we had to like do the slip and slide and have dog food thrown on us and ketchup and mustard. And then, yeah, that was the last year they did that. It got, you got hazed? Well, yeah, we full got hazed. I mean, it was like fine and fun. And then we all did a shot at the end and they were like, you are now an alumni of Harper Hall. And we were like, woo. And like I was in the middle. I was like, I got to go shower. And then I got his message. So I'm like dripping in like, ketchup. <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> That's ketchup funny. dog food like it was <laughs> oh my god that was funny. wild <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so okay so now um mm-hmm. that you're that you're i guess an adult queer <laughs> not a not a baby queer anymore are, I'm, are, mid, I'm in my mids <laughs> are you in your mids yeah you're middle middle-aged queer. middle-aged i guess <laughs> i don't know do you are you like a part are you connected to like a queer community like do you tell me about that like a here well, now that you're here in toronto that's what's like interesting is like i feel even still like i'm I am, but I'm not. Like, I feel like I'm very connected to the queer community that's in the comedy community. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, There's definitely, like, when I first came to Toronto and I was doing comedy at, like, uh, Bad Dog and, and I was doing the Skechersons, I was one of the only, like, out lesbians who was like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, here I am, I'm a lesbian, and all my jokes are that I'm a lesbian. Which yeah. I still do because it's fun. Um, <laughs> but it's good it, shit. Yeah. It's a good shit. Uh, there's lots of material there. Uh, but I felt like for a while it was like me. And I was like, oh. And then eventually I like, I, I noticed maybe a few years later that like a, a lot of people started like being comfortable with their sexual identity too. Uh, and I think that was just because the world allowed for it. You know, or any any of those like asexual all of those things I felt more and more within the comedy community more people being comfortable so now I feel like there, there's definitely a beautiful queer um, community within the comedy community yeah I I, agree. I I don't know if I like have an a, a queer community outside of like that like I have a lot of friends who are queer but a lot of them are like theater or comedy like outside of this i don't really know if i have that big of a queer community can you uh, talk me. about like the difference between like working a queer room like in comedy mm-hmm. and, and working like a cis het room <laughs> yeah well it's like it's so interesting because like i i'm working at second city and i've been there now for uh since 2018 do i did she the people and then my last main stage show i did a song uh that was about conolingus and it was the idea of being a bad lesbian (laughs) and so i i did that song and i had to really like not dumbify the song but really bring it down so that a straight audience could understand and still be enjoy like enjoy it and still be able to laugh because doing that song every night at second city was scary like because every night I was like I don't know if people are going to be homophobic or if they're just like gonna hate me singing about cunnilingus um so it was like a double a big double whammy of like not knowing and like oftentimes I would look at the audience and there'd be people like prudish with their nose up in the air and like shaking their heads like I can't believe you're singing about this right now and even still it was like 
honestly the gentlest of songs. Like right, right, it wasn't right. like yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like dirty. It wasn't it was just it made people uncomfortable. Even my mom was like the first time she heard it, she was like, Oh my gosh, Trisha <laughs> And then she then then the second time she watched it, she really loved it. She laughed. And I it was like that first moment where she was like the prude in me came out where it's like somebody's talking about sex it's like oh no well, we can't have that yeah and it was like so doing that is like so it's hard sometimes doing things in front of like a cis gendered audience because you feel sometimes like you kind of become the joke as opposed to mm. the joke about the thing so I, what my goal at second city has really been is to try to like build the joke around like assumptions or around like what does it mean what does a label actually mean um just because i don't like this these things why do people say i'm bad at this thing but i'm good at this thing or like you know like trying to there's a difference of like having to make a straight cis audience understand where you want them to walk away going oh i didn't know that yeah now i know um, where when you're in front of like a queer audience, when we did Extravaganza Eleganza, which is uh, was a full queer sketch review uh, that we did at Buddies first, and then we did at Sketchfest, and then we did at JFL last year. Um, that was completely different. Yeah. Because it was so, also not only, not only is it hard, sometimes like, I love working at Second City, but sometimes it can be hard because I'm the only queer on that stage. Right. So when you're building sketches and like I have such a wonderful warm caring loving cast that everyone is like wants to like be there and supportive but sometimes it's hard when you don't have somebody else who has gone through those things um where extravaganza we were all queer so we would like have these wonderful um like meetings and like group sessions to like chat through ideas and then you realize that everybody has had the same kind of experience it's like so beautiful and then presenting that to a queer audience and having them go oh i've also experienced this thing like you're talking about my life right now yeah and also it makes you go oh wow like somebody else does relate to me and it's, it's more of a relation as opposed to a here's something you didn't know and hopefully i can make you empathize with a group of people that you're you don't know very well you know through where, comedy and entertaining you at the same time it's like and yeah it's like asking tough. a lot of you right because mm-hmm. you got to teach you got to entertain all at the same time yeah and it's also that thing where you're like i also don't half the time i don't want to teach that's the like, thing i want to make a like, point it's not I'm your like, job to teach straight people you know of, well yeah to not be homophobic <laughs> yeah but <laughs> and i can to, like I... understand a different pov is the is what yeah. i when it comes to comedy and especially at, like with a second city audience who are great and like i've had wonderful experiences there like it, it's scary because of the feeling of of being like involved in the past of being like well this is wrong and people will be homophobic and for like 97 percent of the time they're not yeah like that's an assumption that i'm also putting onto the audience i'm assuming that they're all homophobic and i'm gonna go out there and somebody's gonna say something which is like crappy to to feel when you when you've got your like dream job and you're doing something you love um but it is something that happens and i feel like i'm 
I'm sure BIPOC folk feel the same thing yeah. of like, like, I'm sure like yeah. the, pr- the pressure to be a representative, you know, mm-hmm. um, is huge. Yeah. And, and I, I'm sure it sometimes takes away from your ability to just get out there and just play or just get out there and just perform or just get out yeah. there and have fun. You know, I'm sure that's like a hurdle. Yeah, and sometimes it is like, and like the queer community doesn't mean it, but they're like, oh my gosh, you're like one of the first out queer lesbians on that stage. Right. Like, how does that make you feel? And they're like, you have to have queer POV on it. And it's like, so it's like you're getting pressure from all sides to be this like beacon of, um, of, of, like, I don't know, like represent an entire community. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't like as much as I am queer. I'm like, there are like technically right now I go by gender queer lesbian or like and like I'm figuring out my pronouns and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it it's just hard. It's hard. But like, I, I don't know. I've, I've been very blessed with Second City because everyone is so is so wonderful. And there are options to kind of like chat with numerous people to be like or they ask you, you're like, they're like, would this be? This is wrong, right? And you're like, yeah, let's not yeah, do that it's thing. Yeah, tone deaf, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, is... like, everyone's great to it. They're like, yeah, we thought, we thought. <laughs> this is double-checking. Yeah, no, it was gone already. Yeah, we already crossed yeah. it out. Um, do you ever feel, like, imposter syndrome surrounding that? Because I know, like, for me and my... Sometimes, like, uh, I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like I have to be a representative of, like, the sex-positive community or, like, the sex mm-hmm. work community or the kink community a lot of times. And um, that for sure can, like, for me, I know, breed a lot of imposter syndrome because, like, you know, we're all living and learning. Like, it's life, baby. Yeah. So, like, I'm not the authority literally on yeah. anything. Um, I always just try to tell people that I'm like speaking from my own experience and, mm-hmm. you know, with my own tastes and like um, ways of practicing. So like, do yeah. you kind of feel me on that? Like, yeah, sometimes I do. I do for sure. I feel like it's so funny because I'm always like I call myself the local lesbian, yes. but I try very hard to like make my like anything that I'm doing, whether in sketch or improv. I try very hard to make it that it is either from my perspective, so it's my POV of what I think about this thing, or if I've seen a generalized POV from the community, I'm like, okay, well, I can take that because I also have that POV. So I'll, I'll never do something on the stage that I don't either feel is coming from me or it's something that I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I hope that people know that. Like, I think sometimes with that idea of like being like, well, I don't represent all queer folk. I don't. So there are certain things on the stage I can't do. I'm like, I can't do that. Like, I can't, I don't know if I could, even though trans rights are so important to me, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's in my place to, but then that's the like catch 22 is it's like, but also it'd be great to have, uh, like POV on trans rights too as well. Yeah. So, or on gender or on, you know, yeah, anything. Sure. And, but then I go, I don't know where the line lies of, are we, you want to use your platform? I want to use my platform. One, yes. But also, but also like, I don't want to speak for someone else or speak for somebody else. Yeah. So yeah. I try very hard to just 
do things that come from a very truthful place for me. Yeah. Uh, things that I have either gone through or or points of views that I truly believe. Like in the last main stage review too, we did one that was um, about uh, um, conversion therapy. Oh, wow. And like that for me was just the POV was conversion therapy is fucked. <laughs> like, yes. And it was just that idea of, and then we did a bunch of research on on conversion therapy and like what it means and the things that happen and why families do it and what's the fear behind that and so it, it, it was a tough one to do even though it came out very funny because we we did it in a specific genre we did it very um like a full house kind of style tv show <laughs> oh my god yeah that's good. you know where i come home and i'm wearing a wig and i'm like mom i'm home from camp and she goes oh how was camp honey and i go conversion therapy camp was awesome <laughs> and it's like i'm not gay anymore <laughs> it's like and and then it's just like all these straight stereotypes but then at the end it's the idea that like maybe it's gone too far and it, i've become this like over like over religious like person and then you know then it's just like no i'm 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 fucking with you mom basically <laughs> and it was just like the idea to get all of the ideas out but you know that to me was i was like oh this is something that i believe yeah. and i think a lot of queer people and it was very much in the news at the time as well yeah. Topical. So yeah, I don't know. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is interesting because I don't know if it's imposter syndrome as a much as like feeling like you represent an entire community. So maybe that's the yeah. same thing. But yeah. Yeah. No, I feel yeah. you. I I I totally hear you because like that's something I'm very conscious of doing. Like not speaking for someone else is something I'm very conscious of doing. Mm -hmm. Like on my podcast and on like the stage show I'm like I want to be yeah. as good an ally as I can and I want I, I have a platform again and I want to use it you know to you know if not affect some change that just brings some awareness call some awareness oh, yeah. to you know some marginalized folks and their stories and and mm -hmm. stuff like that and that that actually was like a really huge um driving force for me to like do the podcast because I'm like mm -hmm. I want to I want people to tell their stories essentially yeah. you know what i mean of course um, and if they have a story to tell like you know if it's just kind of a lighter episode then we'll <laughs> be just chilling and conversating and whatnot back and forth but mm -hmm. like if somebody has a story to tell i take like i barely fucking say a thing like in the episode <laughs> like some of the episodes i'm just like no this is your platform i'm just like <laughs> here for you like to amplify yeah. whatever you need to amplify and like honestly some episodes i just like a barely say two words and i'm like right. and i'm like That's one of my so best lovely, episodes though. quite frankly <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Funny, the ones where I don't You're even like, talk are it. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I welcomed people to the podcast, and then I gave some. Said pro goodbye. Yes. <laughs> like, ah, perfect. Job well done. <laughs> but that's so nice. It's so nice to have a platform, like, to give people the platform to be able to talk, especially around sex and sex positivity, because I feel like the, it's been it's been such a like people make it feel so shameful when it shouldn't be like we're sexual uh, we're sexual human beings like we're meant to be sexual 
Yep. It's in our nature to be, whether it is to procreate or not, yep. usually or to seek or not. connection, like, con- seek connection, seek connection like, intimacy, pleasure. Like those are all human yes. things that we all need and crave. Exactly. Yeah. And we do. And it's like for people to say that they don't, I sometimes like, I mean, obviously there are people in the world that don't. And I, I go, For sure. that's great. Like, great. I'm wonderful. But then there are people that like, you know, do, but it's like how you think about like the Salem witch trials. Right. <laughs> and like, I know this is kind of like maybe from left field, but it was like <laughs> all like, the like, where are you going with this? I want to hear <laughs> like Christian religion. Like I study this in university, but it was like, you know, they were all so Christian and so religious that it was believed that they came up with like the idea of witches because they were sexualized, right? They were very sexual and everyone was having sex, but nobody wanted to talk about it. It was kept very much a secret. And then, you know, then we burned some women, uh, for what, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it just feels like throughout history, people have been so sexual until like, Roman Catholicism Christianity, Christianity yeah. came mm-hmm. into play right yeah. yes, and yes, it's yes, like yes. what how, how how I'm like Jesus I'm sure was a sexual man oh yes <laughs> I'm sure I he mean, had so much sex <laughs> I know I mean he's how could he's, he really, he's really good friends with a sex worker um yes. how do you think they met hmm you know right? like so, such on. good friends with a sex worker who they apparently were married and then also I'm like that guy could do magic tricks that were so cool. Of course he's he getting was picking up. <laughs> he's picking up for sure. Like there's no way. Or he was gay because he hung out with all those dudes. There you go. So I mean that's my people. Queer sex worker people. Hello. I'm like There you go. <laughs> how did it go so wrong from there when it started so so right? I know, right? Just people. It takes just one person to ruin it for the group, you know. <laughs> just fuck everything. It was probably Peter. Peter was probably like, he oh, Jesus, him. I don't like this. I don't know who you are anymore. We know he was in denial because he denied Jesus three times or something. Three, three times. Thrice. And do you know why I know that? Jesus Christ, superstar. Superstar. Yeah, yeah. That's why I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's true. I know. I learned all of my. I mean, I went to church and and all that shit, but like, me too. I, but I really learned my stuff from God's spell. Yes, <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ, super Jesus Christ, superstar. God spell. Children of Eden. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That's where there I learned it. Me too. Same, same. So funny. <laughs> Anyways, Trisha. Well, we should be wrapping up. Uh, yes, this has been so amazing. You're. This has been a delight. Honestly, um, so happy to have you on the pod. Um, so I nice think, to be here. Thank I think you for having both me. Both of the episodes we did, like on yours and on mine, yeah, um, were so great. So yeah, if if you're listening to this and you haven't heard um, my episode on Trisha's podcast, go fucking listen to it. What are you doing? Trisha, where can they find your podcast? They can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere, honestly. Wherever you get your pods, you can find it. One more, <laughs> One more round. round with Trisha Black. There you go. Yes. And is there anything else like social media wise you want to tell people about? Oh, well, you can follow me at it's 
underscore Trisha Black on Instagram and Twitter. And I also have this new uh, Instagram account that I'm trying hard to keep up with, but it's called Before I Knew I Was Queer. So <laughs> it's uh, at B, like the letter B, the number four, underscore I Knew I Was Queer. Uh, and I'm just trying to do like queer nostalgia or like things like people, we've all had crushes in the past, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about them. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I'm going to follow right now. So, yes. Okay. So, for me, at the Lady Pim one on Twitter, Pim.Lady on Instagram, the Bedpost Podcast on Instagram. Guys, we got a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show on Patreon. Um, the YouTube series is going to be starting up again soon. So, the Bedpost Sex Show on YouTube. Go subscribe because we're filming now and we're going to release a whole bunch of shit. Um, also, you know, I never want to say goodbye without thanking the lovely lady that does all the original music for my podcast, Stephanie Copeland, everybody. She won a podcasting award this year for her music on my pod so it's great and love her steph copeland music.com lastly trisha you've been so amazing and um you've been amazing you've been amazing you no (laughs) (laughs) the the podcast goes on for hours (laughs) just like no you no you no you um doesn't i feel like peewee herman had a thing it was like yeah i think so wasn't he like thank you no thank you no thank you no thank you and it just went on forever and they're just (laughs) yelling at each other love it anyways thank you trisha for being on the pod thank you everybody for listening we'll see you next time on the bedpost podcast with another fun and sexy guest here in the studio talking about sex and sexuality bye bye this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar